Episode 0046, Shaking Hands with Dick. You've entered the Potable Picture Show, your podcast dedicated to motion pictures and drinking liquors. I'm your host, Kevin McRae, and I'm here to tell you this podcast may contain mature content. In this episode, Ethan's going to bring us the news. We're going to take in a preview. We're going to taste some good old tequila and cocktail corner. And then we're going to jump right into feature presentation where we take on the movie Unfinished Business and use that as a conversation starter. And then Heathen's going to give me some ranks. I don't know what those will be. We will find out and then we'll have our friends at the Faria Project playing us out for this episode. This will be a fantastic time, everybody. Let's head back to the VIP booth in the back of the cantina and get things started. Here I am. I've made my way to my luxurious booth in the back of the cantina in the VIP section where we can see everything that's going on out in the bar on a Wednesday night. I understand they have Galactic Wing Wednesdays. It's a it's a big draw. Sitting across from me, she finished her business, unlike beer maker Matt, its head organizer of the Sierra Nevada Movie Club. It's Heathen. Howdy. I can sing with no mic or what's it called? I forgot. Anyway. Hi. <laughs> Sounded like a metronome. That's what I was going to say. With one hand, with no handlebars. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, Matt had some unfinished business and he could not make it. So I am here sipping on my sipping beer, uh, number nine by Magic Hat. Right, Heathen? Isn't Magic Hat... Are they uh, Are they the East Coast or are they the, the um, Colorado one? I can't read in here. It's too dark. Too dark to see. Oh, Vermont. You have something different than I do. Yeah, you have the hullabaloo, right? Well, I was going to say that because it sounded fun. Mm. Does it taste fun? Mm, tastes like a beer. <laughs> I was it's reading a winter ale or... Yeah, winter beer, seasonal from California, Redlands, California. I was reading, a, uh, someone had made a map today, um, each country ranked by the beer they consume the most. And I don't know how much it really tells about a country per se, because, um, you know, the average person that drinks the average beer, you know, like the, the, the go-to beers are going to be probably pretty shitty. So, for example, um, America was Bud Light. Yeah, Bud, Bud Light. I was surprised it wasn't Coors Light. And then Canada was Budweiser. Hmm. 
And a lot of the uh, European countries, of course, stuck to their mostly their native products. Um, Ireland with Guinness and uh, Heineken with Holland and, you know, all the usual suspects. Well, hey then, is there anything you want to chat about before we get into our news? Our news items? Our items of newsworthiness? Um, how did you like the testicle festival? I did not like the testicle festival, but I think it was a popular hit with everyone else. Um, as I was trying to explain on the podcast, I kept getting interrupted that I didn't really want to go uh, to eat balls, but I do like going to Virginia City. You were expecting it to be like a ball, ball shaped well, and just a ball. The ones I've seen were more like balls. And also I had planned on going and maybe trying one. One to three, and then as I said when we were there, I thought it was going to be spread out through Virginia City, not just in one kind of little parking lot. Like, I don't really want to go to Virginia City to hang out in, like, one stretch of asphalt. So I thought it would be cool to – I thought each bar, since they were having a bar crawl too, they were going to have, like, some special different testicle to eat there. Um, I kind of feel like they – I mean, I understand they do this every festival, um, the outhouse races, the – ostrich races Mm -hmm. um they kind of jam pack to get a larger crowd i think they had too many things going on this time they had the saint patrick's day celebration the parade a bear crawl and the testicle festival it was a little too much i think they could have done the i think they could have done those i think they could have done how, how they did it basically with the um and, and they staggered them, you know, they did the, uh, well, the festival and the parade were kind of going on at the same time, mm-hmm. but I think they could have had the parade a little bit earlier. And then I think the testicle festival should, like I said, should have been part of the bar crawl. I, I think people would have spent more money. Like I would have, I would have drank more if I was like going from bar to bar and I would have probably spent more on, on, on food and, and drinking. And, um, I just think it would have been a better time. And that's how I thought it was going to be. I thought like I was going to have like two or three drinks and be like, okay, I'm ready to eat some balls now. Not like wait in line for an hour and then well i've been to uh salsa competitions i've been to chili cook-offs and that's kind of how it is yeah that's true i've been to chili chili cook-offs too and and it is like that all the chili cook-offs i went to weren't that necessarily shitty maybe part of it's because it was in tahoe and the weather was a little bit better but there was a lot more room and it was you know grassy fields and you kind of walked around to these nice booths and Things like that. But it was something. Like I said, I enjoyed going to uh, Virginia City. And that night we got to go and see Bar Rescue. Yeah, that was pretty fun. And hopefully we'll be on the episode. Who knows? Yeah, they were mostly uh, done wrapping up for the most part by the time we got in there. Although they were still trying to pick up, get some pickup shots. And um, I am curious to see how the episode lays out. Because as I was telling you guys, uh, as I gleaned from Facebook that apparently... A girlfriend that was in management got asked to leave and then since she got asked to leave i think they broke up because of that too yeah i think that was bef- that was like the day of or the day before because i saw that post mm-hmm. but hopefully they figured out how to not give her access so it's good drama so you know as, as people know reality tv isn't totally reality but some are faker than others but we can say since Ethan and i were there um although some stuff may be changed for TV to make it more dramatic or, or things like that, I can honestly say that it wasn't, uh, for the most part, wasn't staged. The people that were working there were extremely under pressure and um, nervous and making mistakes and were really ready for the whole thing to be over with. You could tell um, 
I kind of applaud the female bartender slash owner because she was really trying to go see it the whole way through mm-hmm. where the male bartender slash owner had lost it and had given up. I'm glad uh, too that we got our place at the bar that we managed that because one, uh, the other thing I was reading in the Facebook thing was that several people at tables never got their food, waited an hour, hour and a half, never got their food. Um, apparently they only had one server working in that room and not that it was that big of a room and there was only three things to order. Um, yeah, that's too much to handle. It's kind of like when we go to catch a rising star and there's only one server. That's difficult with just the alcohol. Yeah, and that's more people. I think I could have done it. I just don't think these people are used to volume. No. So, it but was it an was, experience. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite shows. Uh, I never get a chance to see it because I don't have Spike TV, but I will definitely try to watch this one when it's available. The John Taffer. It was interesting seeing him only go in to record for like five minutes and yell and then have to come out and puff on a stogie and go back to his trailer and he would just wait there between takes. I'd never really seen that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was really inefficient. It was an in, it was interesting for me because I haven't seen any of that before. So. It's <laughs> playing drums. I don't think that's what you were doing, but anyway. Ready for your news? I hope so. All right. Let's do it good. It's been 25 years since Richard Gere rescued Julia Roberts and she rescued him right back with uh, Pretty Woman. The cast of Pretty Woman is going to do a reunion segment on the Today Show. Um, it's going to, I'm kind of, I want to see it. It's supposed to be airing on Tuesday, March 24th. Um, they're talking about how, uh, Julia Roberts can still remember like all of the, uh, catch lines in the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Richard Gere is talking about how he wishes he he was still a movie star. No, how he thought it was kind of like a girly film and didn't really want to be in it, but um, Pretty Woman uh, gave Robert Roberts her first Oscar. She won an Oscar nomination. for that shit. Oh, Oscar nomination. nomination! Sorry, I was swallowing. Um, but it also restored uh, Gear's status as a hot leading male role. So, if you want to catch that reunion segment, it airs on the twenty fourth, and it has everybody involved in the cast. I don't know who anyone that was in the cast besides Julia Roberts and Richard Gere, and I don't really give a fuck about anyone else. I'm sure they're not doing oh, anything. Oh, yeah, there's a couple people that Is Jason I Alexander in that or something? Um, Hector El Elziondo, Laura San Guacomo, Gary Marshall, uh, Matt Lauer, Julia Roberts, and Richard Gere. Hmm. I think I've seen that movie once when it came out, like, and. Um, I remember I have the same opinion of it now as I did then was like, okay, this movie isn't that bad. But really, when you think about it, it's just, it's just romantic comedy. That's what they say. They, the women look at it as at Cinderella and I just look at it as, um, a, a prostitute and a guy that's paying for her to hang out with him. I don't know. A couple of the girls and I were just talking about pretty woman the other week. 
about the one scene where she didn't get service, how it kind of like pissed everybody off, even at a young age. It's like, why wouldn't you give somebody service just based on their looks? But that was, you know, back then. And I just thought the movie was extremely overrated, but it did well. I liked it. Gwyneth Paltrow thinks she is just like the rest of us. Normal, common, average. I don't think so. Have you looked at our website? Yeah, I was going to talk about the website. Um, on her, she's uh, self-described as a lifestyle entrepreneur. And on her website, she has, um, it's a curated lifestyle website. Mm-hmm. She has uh like a keychain that's two hundred dollars, um, a pair of flats that are five hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And she's gotten a lot of criticism from being disconnected mm-hmm. from the modern woman. Yeah, just people. You could be just like everyone else as long as you have fifty thousand dollars a month to spend on hand towels. Well, she was interviewed for People's Magazine's uh, Most Beautiful Woman. She was asked if she resembles anything remotely close to the common woman, and apparently she thinks so. Hmm. Um, she says she's incredibly close to the common woman, and she thinks uh, that she's a woman, a mother, and we're all in physical body with beating hearts and compassion and love. Um, there's also on her website, Goop, she has yeah, weird... Recipes like complicated recipes mm-hmm. from sex bark and spirit truffles, and they sit alongside instructions for how to cook eggs in five different ways. Yeah, um, like the ingredients for the common woman one egg, water. <laughs> like, you know, it's kind of weird. Um, I think some of our ideas and some of our hearts in the right place as far as like the, the kind of spiritual things she's trying to put in her life, but yeah, I, I agree that she's. Even more out of touch than, I, I mean, I think even as like a C-level celebrity, it's hard to be in touch sometimes. I mean, when you always have helpers and assistants doing everything for you, but. Well, especially when she's trying to say that she's building a lifestyle business. A lifestyle for who? I'm not going to spend $200 on a keychain. Yeah. Even if I uh, could spend $200 on a keychain, I just wouldn't. Um, I did like because when she broke up with Chris Martin, they used, uh, I can't remember the phrase. The unconscious con- uncopulating. No, Unco- a conscious uncoupling mm. um, yeah. is what she said. And then she later came out and admitted, she's like, you're right. That was pretty hokey. It was something we were trying and it was, um, you know, we meant it in the best way. But we, I realize now that that just kind of sounded foolish. Well, she's saying, you know, I'm not the person that knows anything. Um, She's just asking doctors or nutritionists who are the experts, like, hey, what's your take on this? And then, I guess, putting it on her website. So, she's not a guru, but that's... Yeah, there's there's worse ways she could be wasting her time, I suppose. In the article, it just said, sure, Gwyneth, sure. (laughs) Yeah, she's kind of a dumb boat. Well, it just doesn't make any sense to me, I guess, but Hmm. I'm sure she's making money because somebody's probably buying it. Yeah, at least she's not in Scientology. Speaking of that, Katie Holmes and Jamie Foxx apparently are dating. Is Jamie Foxx in Scientology? No, but Katie uh, Katie Holmes, Katie (laughs) Foxx, that's kind of a cool name. Katie Holmes, 
Tom Cruise? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she she got away and she lived to fight another day, surprisingly. And you know when she got into that Scientology is about around the time that she got ugly. She was like hot and then and then she got really now she just looks old. Well, kind of like um that uh Maggie, Maggie, is it Maggie? Maggie Gillian, Gillian Hall, Gillian Hall. She looked like really hot now, and then she suddenly just looked really old. She was hot in secretary, and then she just looked old and haggard. I don't know. Sunken in. But her and Fox met on the set of Collateral in 2004, which is two years before she married Tom Cruise. Tom. So yeah. they've been. Uh, I guess trying to keep things like hush and hush talking about they're just friends. They've been friends for a long time. But in August 2013, they were at a benefit, dancing, drinking, and flirting. Hmm. In January, she stayed at his house. February, they spent the Super Bowl together. Everybody's trying to figure out if they're like really together. Yeah, who gives a fuck? But re- okay. No, go keep going. I'm just. <laughs> Recently, uh, neither party is commenting on the relationship, but people around them are saying that it's a reportedly a real relationship. So we'll have to see if this is it's super kind of, news or inquire news. It's kind of weird. You actually don't hear or see of too many actors and actresses that are just friends. It seems like they're either dating or fucking or just very brief acquaintances you know like um in real life a lot of people have friends that are girls and and guys and stuff but you don't seem to see that too much in hollywood i wonder why that is maybe because the insecurity of like people's partners like since women and maybe men are are have such big egos are so insecure that they can't let their partners date other people or maybe that there's just uh, um, actors have such a certain part of their personality that is very um just needs to be gratified all the time that they they're incapable of having friendships with the opposite sex without fucking them i think that is a a, more than just being a star i think that's just across the board for a lot of people no i see people all the time having lunch with each other and walking around and going to do things Mm -hmm. and maybe it happens i just maybe it's me i just don't see it happen too much in in Hollywood that I've noticed. I mean, the one thing that kind of brought it to my mind is I'm still slowly reading that John Houston biography and um, maybe not the best example because he's one of those guys that was married six times, I think. And, um, and you know, anyone that's married six times pretty much gets into it pretty easy. But when he does talk about being just friends with someone like Catherine Hepburn or something like that, I find that really interesting. And I wish I could hear more stories about things like that where, you know, people... I, I, again, I, I, I hear it... A little bit in old Hollywood. It seems like maybe that they were maybe a little more sheltered from the TMZs and stuff and were allowed to go out and be more real people. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I'm sure that's what it is. I don't know. I just don't know. And maybe, like I said, maybe it does happen nowadays, but I don't see it. Anyway. Is and that... that's the news. Wee-hoo. What's up next? Oh, we're going to take in a preview. Coming this fall from the producers of Fried Green Tomatoes. And the director of Castaway comes Shit Factory. Previews. Okay, we're going to watch a preview for the movie Pixels, which is uh, what I talked about in the news on the very first episode of the Picture Show. Episode. So, 
I uh, did watch about 30 seconds of this preview, either this morning or last night, I can't remember, and it didn't look very good, but I wasn't able to finish it. So if you're not aware, if you didn't listen to episode one or you haven't read the news, Pixels is based on a very short film, like a two-minute film um, that's probably about 10 years old now, um, and it was uh, the film was what would happen if... Um, video games came down to attack the planet so they've taken that short film and they've turned it into a full movie where we've sent out these signals into space and the aliens um took it as an act of war and they've they've taken on these um images of video games and they've come down to earth to to destroy earth and it stars adam sandler and kevin james and some other stupid people to fight these guys so we're gonna take in this preview NASA sent a capsule into space in hopes of contacting other life forms. Included were examples of our life and culture. It was intended to be a message of peace. Unfortunately, it was taken the wrong way. Some alien life force has sent real-life video games to attack us. Pac-Man's a bad guy? Oh, that's interesting. That's Adam Sandler. Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. the arcades growing up? May I introduce to you the creator of Pac-Man? Professor Rutani, what are you doing? I will talk to him. He's my son. Hello, my sweet little boy. Look how big you've grown. It's so sweet. He's so sweet. Ah! Somebody stupid So apparently when these things chomp on stuff, they turn them into pixels. And, um... I also saw, what's his name, Josh Cad or whatever, the guy that plays uh, the snowman in Frozen, and we just saw him in um, The Wedding, Wedding Ringer, and then we saw Peter Dinklage in there too. That would be a movie that I would be interested in seeing. I think it, I think the preview looks shitty. I'd been looking forward to it, but I'm hoping that it's just a preview that looks bad because i constantly hoping that Adam Sandler comes out with something that's funny again. And I was really hoping this would be it. And then he wouldn't do his old stupid, you know. I wasn't expecting the movie that we saw yesterday to be as funny as it was. So maybe Mm -hmm. that's what's going to happen. I mean, just based on the previews of Unfinished Business, they didn't. And I'm really glad that they didn't release a lot of that stuff because. Yeah. I was not expecting yeah. Unfinished Business did have like a funny scene. I went and read uh, pretty much all the all the reviews on it today to again to like see like why it was trash so hard. And we could talk about that later because yeah. I mean it's like at like eight percent. It's really low in Rotten Tomatoes. So. Well, it's funny because I was talking to one of my coworkers and I said, you know, it was a it was a funny movie, and he's like, I haven't heard of it, 
And I said, well, on Rotten Tomatoes, it got like 8% or something like that. And he's like, oh, then I probably would like it because anytime Rotten Tomatoes says it's a low score, I'd probably like it where if it's a higher score, I typically don't. But he's not a like a huge movie guy. Well, that's that's how that's how Dan was, too. Like if if a movie was like artistic in any way, he would call it slow. And if it was like, um, you know, it needed explosions and stuff every second, it needed to be like a Michael B. Word movie for him to not look at his watch. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, the, the, I, again, we'll wait till we, we get to that mm-hmm. in, in feature presentation. So next we've got our cocktail corner. I've got to switch to our cocktail corner music. Here it goes. I see America drinking the fabulous cocktails I make. America's getting yeah. stinking on something I start to shake. So today we're going to talk about tequila, and we're going to try uh, tequila I don't think either of us have had uh, in Cocktail Corner, the Maestro Doorbell. Doorbell. Uh, we talked about this on the podcast. It comes in a guitar case, which I thought was pretty cool. It was a Christmas present. Oh. I want to tell you th- 13 things that you might know about tequila, you might not know. People at home, maybe they'll learn something. Of course, you probably know tequila is plant-based. That's a, that's a common thing. It is. What, you didn't know that, Ethan? No, I'm just trying to generate interest. Um, tequila is technically a mezcal, hmm. but mezcal is not a tequila. The main difference between the two is the plant. All tequila must be produced using blue agave, whereas a variety of agave plants can be used to make a single mezcal batch. The machete used to chop agave leaves is called a coa. Uh, the men who use the coa are called jimadors. I've seen that word around. I wasn't really sure what it meant. Only the agave heart is used to make tequila. So that's the only part of the cactus that they use. Tequila does not contain psychedelic properties. And I remember this is something that, that I would be told when I was younger. Like, don't eat the worm, man. That's where it takes all the shit and it'll, you'll fucking hallucinate. I think it's just because it's like uh, the Everclear like cherries. It's been sitting in it for so long because I've had a couple I'm, I don't mean to interrupt but I've had a couple people be completely fine drinking tequila and they're like I'm gonna eat the worm and blackout oh yeah well blacking out's different than hallucinating so they're thinking that um so in the mid 20th century tequila sales spiked after California residents thought that it was a psychedelic um what they think happened is they were confusing mezcal with mescaline which are totally two different things. Mescaline's the psychoactive um, alkaloid of peyote. Um, you can turn tequila into diamonds. Physicists at the National Autonomous University of Me- Mexico figured out a way to make artificial diamonds out of tequila, but the synthetic diamonds are too small for jewelry, but they can use them for electronics and industrial purposes, which is um, what a lot of artificial diamonds are used for. Serious tequila aficionados generally don't do shots. I think that's probably an obvious thing. I don't think anyone does shots of anything if they're an aficionado of it and if it's good. Um, a bottle of tequila can last unopened for years. However, once you open a bottle, you have about one to two months before oxidization and evaporation lower the quality of the tequila and destroys the agave profile. So you want to drink up 
your open bottle of tequila within three to six months, which probably isn't usually a problem for us or Mike or anyone like that. But, you know, there's other people like um, Eugene has like a giant like silver Patron or something that it, that he would never. I mean, it would probably take them five years to drink that. Some tequila is still made using ancient techniques. To be called tequila, it must be produced in Mexico. Real tequila doesn't have a worm in it, speaking of worms. Perhaps even more popular than the actual tequila is the worm crawling around the bottom of the bottle, but the worm, or uh, gusano, actually originated with tequila's lower-quality cousin, uh, mazil. Largely as a marketing ploy, the Cusano is the larvae of a type of moth that lives on the agave plant. So it was just like a gimmick. really funny that you say cousin because it was my cousin that had like the last reaction on the um, worm that I can remember is he was completely talking fine. And everybody was like, don't eat the worm. Don't eat the worm. It's fine. And he's like, I'm going to do it. And about 15 minutes later, he started acting weird he doesn't remember anything but he went from like 100 percent happy to 200 percent belligerent and yeah it was pretty bad <laughs> so and of course as people know there's different types of tequila it's basically split into two camps blue agave and mixed and then these are subdivided um silver blanco plata white platinum gold um, uh, Roposado, uh, Anheo, and Extra Anheo. Uh, Reposado and Anheo are excellent substitutes for rum, bourbon, or scotch, and cognac. So, that's a little bit about tequila. So, let's try some of this Maestro Dobel. We're not gonna, we can sip this or however you want. We're not, we don't have the lime or the, can you help me with that? Can don't you? need any training wheels. Well, you know, occasionally I like a little bit of... of That's good. Like, for me... Um, it's good. I don't really like as much... <clears throat> although I'll drink them. I don't really like as much like the touristy or the Mexican restaurant margaritas. But I would, you know, I would like to take a, um, you know, a, a decent tequila... Or uh, something better than a shit tequila, and just maybe just squirt some lime on top as a substitute for. And or I just like to um, run the lime, lime around the rim. Yeah, that that's good too. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just a little bit a little bit of something without you know bearing the flavor. Like of the, the Coronas, you know. Yeah. Coronas not the same without the lime in it. Yeah, it's actually I think kind of gross without the lime in it, and I think it's just because limes are tasty. I love that song. Put the lime in the coconut. No. You can be my Corona. Mm. So, is there anything you want to drink to this week? Um, my first Yelp party. Yeah, going to Yelp party tomorrow for lots of drinking. Woohoo! certainly smooth smooth it almost has a sweetness to it which i think is probably because it's not aged mm-hmm. um this would be like a silver it's clear yeah um i don't know what the difference between like a silver and a blanco is but um but anyway i know like you know the anejos and reposados those are going to be darker reposado means rested 
Anejo means aged. So, um, and I do know with younger alcohols, like the vodka we had, they do tend to have more of this kind of sweetness to it, but not Yeah, bad. this can be dangerous. Yeah. See, I could use a little little squeeze of lime in that. Mm-hmm. But it definitely doesn't have the mouth burn. Yeah, that woo. That, uh, that some cheap tequilas have, so... It's a good tequila. I don't know how it would measure up to Mike One because, um, you know, there's other things besides being smooth. There's some people like actually a little bit of burn and there's different kinds of burn, you know. It would. I kind of wish he was here so that he could because he's the tequila guy. Um, it would be interesting to have his take on it because mm-hmm. it wasn't exactly a cheap bottle and it was a Christmas gift, something that you requested yeah, it came on a guitar case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I liked it. Um, is there any other stories you want to talk about tequila? Anything comes to mind? Uh, just uh, Cinco de Mayo is like one of my favorite holidays. Hmm. Why is that? Um, my best friend and I used to have a lot of fun on Cinco de Mayo because it's kind of like one of those holidays where it's not really a high pressure holiday yeah you just go out and have fun and I just remember we were pretty young I want to say like 23 or 24 I didn't go out very much um, at the time uh, but we went out to rock and rodeo in Chandler, Arizona, and we had sombreros. We went and had Mexican food, and we had huge sombreros. We were all dressed, and we were like dancing up 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 on these huge tables at the club at Rock and Rodeo. And they were like, the waitresses were handing us our drinks because we didn't want to get down from where we were dancing. It was super fun, and they had like a tequila line where you could just go and put if you had a penny, just whatever you had in your pocket, and they'd pour the shot down your throat we got super wasted mm-hmm. and i remember shakisha hanging out of my car like from the waist up her whole upper body was hanging out singing me sombrero me sombrero it was just one of the funnest nights you know just being a couple single girls mm-hmm. and we've had a couple of those on single day miles so that's kind of our Fun holiday. Got a nostalgic feeling for you. Yeah, because nothing bad has ever really happened. I've never had a shitty Cinco de Mayo. Hmm. Yeah, I don't really give a shit about the holiday. Well, just holidays in general. Everybody can be like, oh man, I had a shitty Valentine's, or I had that one Christmas, or that Thanksgiving was fucked up, or Groundhog's Day was just the shit this year. You know, I don't know, but I don't think. I've never had a bad time on Cinco de Mayo, so that's just my favorite holiday. Huh. All right. Well, I'm not going to add to that. Let's head into feature presentation. Sorry. Feature, 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 feature,
Every week in feature presentation, we take a movie we saw at the Sierra Nevada Movie Club, and then we use that film as a jumping-off point for conversation. We tend to avoid elaborate reviews and walkthroughs, and um, sometime we end up barely talking about the movie, but we'll see. This week, we saw the film Unfinished Business. Here's the synopsis of the film. A hard-working, small business owner, played by Vince Vaughn, and his two associates, Tom Wilkinson and Dave Franco, travel to Europe to close the most important deal of their lives. But what began as a routine business trip goes off the rails in every imaginable and unimaginable way, including unplanned stops at a massive sex fetish event and a global economic summit. That was Unfinished Business, starring Vince Vaughn, James Franco, and Tom Wilkinson. And Sierra, Sienna Miller, the uh, horrible actress, was in this film as well. So, Heathen, what do I have written down here in my notes? Um, okay, so there's a couple parts in this movie um, that could be kind of embarrassing in a work-related way. So, uh, Vince Vaughn as a way to kind of relax, also as a goal he had, which we'll get into a later and other things. One of the few things he packed on his business trip or wanted to pack on his business trip was running gear, but his daughter ended up packing his wife's running gear. But he got so stressed out that he decided to go running in it anyway and then ended up in kind of a impromptu meeting with the people that he planned to meet and got um, kind of put down. Later on in the movie, uh, one of the corporations that Vince Vaughn was trying to butter up to and, and, and um, get the inside scoop and pitch to ended up running into that guy's penis in a glory hole. Not the way that you maybe want to be encountered with your um, work associates. So my question to you, Heathen, do you have any embarrassing work-related work stories where um, uh, something happened to you or someone saw you outside of work or something that maybe you wish hadn't happened? Well, I actually do have a couple um, now that you said outside of work because I was thinking about one that happened at work Mm -hmm. and it was pretty recently. But as soon as you said outside of work, uh, I remember in Elko, I had uh, only been with the B of A up there for maybe a month or two. So people didn't really know me outside of uh, work like as a customer person basis. But it's a small place, right? You end up seeing a lot of people. Yeah, you see them everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a transition from somebody coming from a, a larger town or, you know, like coming from Reno to a very small town. Well, I went out one night and was drinking with my girlfriends. We were singing karaoke and I didn't pay any attention because you normally don't, you know, have run-ins with people. And um, I had a customer and his wife come in and I'm, you know, dressed appropriately in business attire. I'm, you know, doing my banker thing. I'm opening up a $70,000 CD and doing a couple other things for this couple. And he's like, yeah, I, I saw you singing karaoke at Maddie's last night. Hmm. And I was like, uh... Oh, that's not that bad. Yeah, but I was doing like I touch myself. You know, we were my girlfriends and I were being like, yeah, pretty yeah, I guess. crazy. I guess it wasn't just me going up there. No, I, I mean, I know people yeah. know how karaoke works and drunk yeah. girls work with karaoke. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I could see that, I guess, if you're if you're in a certain field. It's it's hard to um, – it kind of reminds me, not that it's embarrassing, but when Kyle was a manager that came out in Chico, and I'd go out with him, and Chico's a pretty small place, that um, – and it's a college town, and a lot of his coworkers were college people. He he'd end up running into him, which is fine. You know, he was he's no problem with that. It's just I he, I think he's kind of like me, where you kind of want to keep you want to be like approachable and a nice guy, but you still want to keep some of that mystique as a manager or some of that d- divide. So, um, if we went to a place where there was a lot of his uh, employees, we'd usually end up ducking out just because it's just mm-hmm. you, you don't want that. Um, reputation I think for the people that work under you really or I don't know it's sort of like I remember as a kid when I would see my teachers out in normal life like at a bar or uh, or checking out porn videos in a video store it just kind of like changes your mind about them a little bit because you you picture them differently well that the story that I had uh, come up with in my mind is actually pretty recently in a work situation Um, it's not with United but with another company, um, I had only been there two days. And so you know how you're not exactly open and you're easily embarrassed or whatever. Um, we were all talking about something and I just happened to put my knees up. You know how you can sit? Thank you. You know how you can sit like backwards in your corporate chair? Sure. Like this. Sure. So you have your knees where you're seat would be yeah i think people know how to sit backwards in a chair yeah well i (laughs) thought that it would be fine i went to lean over like this because i was listening to somebody so you were going to and i went ass over teacup so you went over to put like your your head on or your shoulder uh, your elbow on like the arm of the chair no on the head oh on the head okay yeah and i just and it just flipped over yep right in front of everybody like 20 people that's like hi i'm heather (laughs) yeah yeah, you did that when you went to go uh, represent um, the Sierra Nevada Movie Club at Good Luck Macbeth when they invited you up the stage and you only got to the second step before you fell down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm used to to embarrassing myself, <laughs> apparently. Um, I think. Um, so that's three times. <laughs> I think my my I don't get embarrassed too easy. I don't know if this counts as embarrassed. But it made me feel really bad, and I think I've told this story on the podcast before. But when I was working as a server, um, I did a lot of stuff, and I think a lot of servers do this. They just do stuff to amuse themselves. I just get this kind of um, to uh, to keep my energy going and to get good tips. I just kind of did little things to keep my energy up, which was I was constantly talking to myself. I would start a conversation with one person, and I'd be walking into the kitchen, and I would just continue the conversation with whoever was in my like. No one probably ever knew what I was talking about. I was just constantly saying shit, um, and it was slow, and um, and it was just me and one other server, this guy named Chris, and um, and I saw that someone got seated in this section, and I was like, oh, Chris, you got this withered up old old cunt sitting in your seat. You're going to have to go check on her, and he's like, what? And then the hostess walked up, um, you know, because she usually tells us when someone's seated, and I was like, yeah, I already told him. There's withered up old cunt, and... Uh, 121 he's got to help and she's like what and I was like yeah she's total withered up old cunt did you see her face what a nasty bitch and then the hostess was like I don't care who says stuff about my stepdad but I don't like it when anyone talks about my mom that way and 
I felt so bad. This hostess, you know, like most hostesses, was like 18 and um, pretty nice girl. And I just felt so terrible. And there's no way to like turn that into a, I could have, I could have turned it into a joke if I wouldn't have been so stunned. I could have said, you know, I know that was your mom. I was just saying that to see what you do. But like, I was literally speechless and I must have turned bright red. She turned red. And the dude, Chris, had nothing to do with anything. I just went to go help the table. But I felt you so bad. You that still. Yeah, but that was probably one of the worst times. I just didn't mean it. I didn't even really see the lady. I just liked the words at the time, withered up old cunt. And, um, and yeah, it, 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 it was just something that I never I'm really surprised she didn't get written up or something. But Well, it's hard to get written up in restaurants. I mean, basically... Yeah. Everyone sexually harasses each other all the time. It's just people don't usually call some 18-year-old's mom a withered up old cunt. At least not when you're like a 35-year-old dude saying it. Yeah, that would never fly in, in my realm. <laughs> well, I, would, I wouldn't do that where I work now. I don't, I don't talk to anybody where I work now. But um, So speaking of Vince Vaughn and running, he talks about in the movie that he had uh, wanted to start a marathon and he started... Uh, training for it and he was going to join the Boston Marathon and um, was it the Boston Marathon I don't know some marathon and he'd gotten up to 16 miles I think what's a marathon like 22 or 26 he got up to 15 but yeah and um, <clears throat> and then he said and then I just couldn't I couldn't stick with it just work and family and everything um, got in the way and I couldn't keep up on my training so you have an example in your life or or um, a story where you were preparing for something or you put a lot of time into something or you were training for something and just work and life got in the way? I thought about it. I was trying to come up with something, maybe uh, something that people don't know about me, that uh, something got in the way. I mean, I have a bunch of things, but I just kept going back to my cakes. Um... I had gotten to the point with my side business that, you know, I was working 40 plus, so probably like 60 hours a week with B of A, and my cake business had gotten so big, I was making three or four custom cakes a week. Mm -hmm. And it's just your regular kitchen, not a commercial kitchen or yeah, anything? Yeah, it's just out of my house, plus dealing with my son and two stepkids. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just kind of took a toll where I was trying to make a transition from being a banker to a baker. Mm -hmm. um, but that there's that threshold where you go, okay, when do I give up my job to pursue? And it wasn't quite there because custom cakes were something brand new to Elko. So I was kind of like uh, a new thing. Like nobody knew that mm -hmm. I could do this or that it was even available. So then as soon as people, word of mouth started going around, I was like pumping out a lot of cakes. And so I was pumping pretty out. excited. But um, because of work and family, it just got a little bit too stressful for me. Yeah, I think there's a couple things that are, are tough in that kind of situation. Um, one... Well, one is, like you said, when, when to make the jump. And, and some of that just depends, I think, on um, on the romantic side, how much passion that you have for the thing. And then on the realistic side that a lot of people don't talk about, can you 
legitimately or logistically actually make the jump. So there's a lot of people that say had a had of a passion to be a singer or a musician or something like we see that on the voice and stuff like that all the time that they'll spend 15 years barely scraping by in clubs getting by because it's what they really want to do with their life and they decided that you know even like we've seen like this season that girl that got accepted to like ucla business school or something which is he said only like 100 people get in and she's like well i just want to be a singer though um so there's that. Um, then the other thing I think is kind of tough when you want to take your, your your small thing and turn it into a business or turn your hobby into a business is how much support do you get from the people around you? That was the problem. So a lot of people just might say like, and you see this a lot too, like on The Voice and, and other things where they're like, well, hopefully she can go on here and get it out of her system and give up the silly little thing about singing and go and get like a sensible career, things like that. I was kind of lucky in that my mom was sort of all right with that but it's not like I really got the support to do it and you kind of have to have a plan so even if you want to live doing nothing as an artist you still need some way to support yourself but um but yeah like like I mean even currently now with you know there's a lot of things I want to do with with video and and the podcast and other things that I feel like sometimes it's hard to talk about with other people because they're just like oh that's nice that's a nice little hobby you have or I'm like no I really want to turn this into something though like I want to work for myself not maybe not necessarily this podcast, but um, you know when I when when I sit down to do writing or something on the computer, um, since you're not at a real job, a lot of people think you're just fucking around or whatever. So that's always tough. Also, is to you know to tell people, hey, I need this hour of time to do this, or like you said with making cakes, is people just might have thought it was like a short term thing or just a you know like a cute thing or whatever, but they didn't really like give you the support you needed either. Um, physically or I, yeah yeah th- that's what it is because i got a like a hundred percent positive feedback from everybody so that's and good. every time they were just every time because i would just grow and grow i'm self-taught mm-hmm. um and every time i would perfect like this is before they had all of the you know anybody can pretty much do anything i was trying to like figure things out before yeah they had all these um, YouTube and everything. Yeah, Cake Boss and all that stuff. Um, and I had, I was really unhappy with uh, B of A up in Elko. And so I had planned on quitting anyway. And I'd found a shop that was like right on the main drag. And I knew it was could be a huge moneymaker because nobody was doing custom cakes but me. Mm-hmm. And I was poo pooed. I was told this. I was told that. And like, I would say like a month and a half later, I'm literally opening up the business accounts for a cake business, Hmm. a bakery in the shop that I wanted to open. I was pretty devastated. And like about a month after that, I quit B of A. Because I I mean, I I had really had to hold back the tears as I was opening up her accounts. Yeah, it's kind of tough. I mean, when you see people... Um, I don't see it as much now. Occasionally I see people doing stuff I want to do, but I don't really get upset because no one's really doing exactly what I want to do. But it did happen to me a lot more when I was younger when I'd be like, why did that person get that? I could have done that. I don't know. It was it was a general bakery. It wasn't some it wasn't the custom cake stuff that I was doing, Mm -hmm. but uh, I had already 
uh, tried to go down uh, and, you know, how you do the doing business as mm-hmm. names, fictitious name statements. Mm-hmm. I wanted to um, do two different businesses because I had already had Cake Creations, which is my business. And I wanted to do the wedding portion of it to make it a little more um, professional sounding. Mm-hmm. I was trying to get... The doing business as the fictitious name statement is let them eat cake. Mm-hmm. And that was the name of her business. And oh. the way she got it is because her aunt was like the treasury or whatever and worked. I had put my application in way before she did. I was really pissed off. Well, like I learned here <laughs> when we went and registered the potable picture show is just because you register it as a doing business as that it doesn't mean that it, you file the trademark for it or anything. I mean, someone else can still come and take the name. It's a different process. It's changed because yeah. it used to be you can't operate under that business at all. Mm. So well, here changed. the first step is to do the doing business as, and then you have to go to a separate entity and apply for it's like, sort of like a trademark. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that's that's my story. So, the next topic, and this is probably not the most annoying part I had in the movie because there's a few parts I really didn't like, but this one did kind of um, annoy me a little bit was continually bringing up the wheelbarrow position in the movie. I guess to finally have a payoff that wasn't really that funny, and maybe it's because they'd showed this part in the preview. I don't know. I just don't think it was very funny, and I thought they really ran it into the ground for very little payoff. Anyway, everyone knows about the wheelbarrow. I want you to tell me about a position that you've invented. Uh, I can't. I tried to think about something, and I really couldn't. I couldn't even try to come up with something on the fly. Like, uh, I was thinking about 74. Like, what would 74 look like as a position? Um, 74 would be i kind of know what that would be sort of it would be a guy bent over ready for someone to eat his butt and then the other person it's kind of like when you are either it would have to be a threesome it's either when you're licking someone's butt while giving them a reach around or when you're going down on a dude and you're sticking their hand in their butt and then there's something i meant something with that yeah but uh mine mine's called the squirrel and how you do this is you're you're uh, you're just sitting on the couch or watching TV, and you wait till your girl has to go to the kitchen or to the bathroom or something like that. And you take off all your clothes and you run randomly in front of her, back and forth, back and forth, as she's walking towards you. Then you run to the side until she passes you, and then you go and you hide your nuts in her ass. Interesting. Th- that's the squirrel. <laughs> in her ass. Yeah, you hide your nuts in her ass. Oh, okay. In her trunk. Can I punch a baby, please? Yeah, here's the Spanish baby for our tequila. Oh, yeah. He would be so You didn't even drink happy. anything. Why'd you ask to punch a baby and then you didn't? Because I need more tequila. No, you have two beers there. I don't have two beers. Yeah, you do. Did you nope. already drink both of them? No. Mm. So final question. As I said, we should keep this as a segment for every movie we see. And I do ask it randomly. What would be the porn parody of Unfinished Business? The only thing I can come up with is Unfinished Business. Mine is called Finish on These Bitches. Oh, there you go. The porn parody. Starring Vince Dong. (laughs) And uh, Dave Spanko. And uh, Tom Milkerson. Hmm. 
finish on these bitches. All right. <laughs> it's classy. Now, heathen, you have a rank for me? <clears throat> the five. I do not know anything about this rank at all. Do you need me to turn back on the, the lighting? We, we've reduced the lighting in the cantina to the mood lighting. It's usually what they prefer, but then you can't see the uh, stains and... You ever notice that in some of those clubs? There, there was one bar in, in L.A. called the uh, uh, Jackass Diamonds or something like that. And uh, it was notoriously dark. You couldn't see more than a few inches in front of you. And um, I just imagine how fucking dirty it must be in there. Oh, I have to write stuff down? Well, I was just thinking maybe we could make this a game. Okay. Am I going to need... Maybe you could win a star. All right. Tell me what I need to do. So, because of the Vince Vaughn movie that we saw, mm-hmm. I found a website where they have his top ten movies. Ooh. He's not been in very many good ones. That's no. for sure. So, what I'm going to do is randomly, because I have them all in order, so I'll randomly tell you the movies okay. that were on this rank. You rank them your top five. And How many are you going to tell me? You're gonna tell, ten. You're going to tell me ten, and then I have to try to put the top five out of those ten? Yeah. Okay. Or what do you want to do, like top no, four? No, that's fine. Okay, so make one list of your top five, but then we'll do a bonus round where you can earn a sticker if you can guess 100% on the top five here. Okay, I probably won't be able to do it, but, I'll, but I, got, I got the idea. My top five are going to be the same as what I'm going to pick to be the top five. But like I said, he's been in some genuinely shitty movies. Okay. So here we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Into the Wild. Okay. Uh, Wedding Crashers. This is based on Rotten Tomato. I can't or, remember the or, website or, that I got it off or, of. Or is it Money Made? Uh. They were just talking about their top. I, I've had this for a couple weeks. So um, I don't I, know. So I really can't remember. Who I'm going against. Okay. Yeah. Because it's totally different if it's money made versus like uh, top uh, Rotten Tomatoes ranking. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I should have clarified on that, but I just kind of versus wrote just someone else's down and random, thought it would be fun. But. Versus if it's just someone else's random list. True. Okay. So this will be pretty tough. Let's go. Okay. So I said uh, Wedding Crashes, right? Mm-hmm. Um... Return to Paradise. Okay. True Underdog Story. Okay. Thumb Sucker. Okay. Delivery Man. Okay. The Breakup. Jesus, okay. Old School. Okay. Dodgeball. All right. Anchorman. And Swingers. He didn't have a big part in um, Anchorman. So, I know that um, Swingers is on there for sure. Yeah, the rest of these are mostly a bunch of dog do. We'll do um, Anchorman because it's a good movie. It's just he doesn't have that much to go on in there. Um, Old School is on there. Um... I guess we'll go Riding Crashers, and then um, now I'm stuck between Dodgeball and The Breakup. Um, hmm. 
Again, this would help if I knew if this was based on money or, or what. Um, I don't think it had anything gonna, to do with money, if I remember do, correctly. I'm going to do dodgeball. So my, my final list is Wedding Crashers, Old School, Dodgeball, Anchorman, and Swingers. How many of those did I get right? None. <laughs> I know. I got at least half. Do you want me to go from the cake to the cream? No, just tell me how many of those I got. Um, Out of five, how many did I get? Three. Mm. Um, so my rank real quick would be um, number five would be, uh, should I base this on movies or is before? I'll, I'll base these on movies. So number five would be um, Dodgeball. Number four would be Old School. Number three would be Wedding Crashers. Number two would be Anchorman. Number one would be Swingers. So number five is The Breakup. Number four is Return to Paradise. Number three is The Wedding Crasher. Return to Paradise was shitty. Number two is Old School. And number one is Swingers. So Dodgeball was number seven. And Anchorman was number six. Yeah. Like I said, Anchorman, he was the rival. He was the rival news team. I can't remember what they were on. But Return to Paradise... So this isn't this can't be based off of Rotten Tomatoes or Money Made because it was a bomb, um, money wise, and I don't believe it's ranked too high in Rotten Tomatoes. I really should have wrote the website down, but like I said, I've had this boo. for a couple weeks. Not boo. Boo. I still did all right. I mean, three out of five isn't very good. It was a rank. Be happy with mm-hmm. it. So sorry you didn't win. Next. All right. Um, I did actually have a game this week, but it's not fun to play the game with one person, especially when it's heathen and she wouldn't get any of the answers right. That's why we need Matt here. So between the two of them, they could get And 30%. we almost made it a whole podcast without you being rude. Yeah, that's fine to hit this baby. No, just um, movie titles aren't your forte. Matt Forte. Movie titles are not your Matt Forte. You ready for... Last call? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Last call. Looking at the world through the bottom of a glass. All I see is a man who's fading fast. Last call. So I thought I'd give everyone an update on our sports movie tourney, and then I might include that as, as a segment going forward about um, the pairs uh, for that week. Um, I don't have, I don't think I have my paperwork here to keep everyone totally up to current, but I can let you know on the matches that have already ended. We did have, um, the, the damned United beat. We are Marshall field of dreams beat eight men out. Caddyshack beat Kingpin and miracle barely took out secretariat. And then just tonight, major league vanquished 42, Victory took out Ace Ventura, Rocky KO'd the Karate Kid, and Chariots of Fire outlasted the Mighty Ducks. So we do have some new pairs up on the site to go check out, and I advise everyone to go to our Facebook page and vote on those matchups, which actually this week is Remember the Titans versus the Program, Happy Gilmore versus Tin Cup, A League of Their Own versus Sandlot, and Blades of Glory versus Slapshot. So do that. Don't forget, just go to Facebook and search Sierra Nevada Movie Club is the easiest way to find that. Also, we haven't got any phone calls for a while. 
don't forget we do have a 24-hour VIP line, 775-996-3986. We love to hear you. It's funny that you talk about the uh, game that we're playing because I had a customer uh, who needed some help. Uh, His son had made a check deposit from uh, U of A, and I'm ASU, and I uh, didn't really realize until I actually saw that I looked up the check image that it was U of A. And I said, oh, you know, if I would have known that it was because he said it's a, a a check from the state of Arizona University. Um, then when I looked up the check, it was U of A. And I said, oh, if I would have known, I would have put you on hold for longer because I'm from ASU. So we were laughing and the guy was like, oh, are you doing the brackets? I'm like, is that basketball? That is basketball, right? And he's like, yeah. And so I wish I would have like asked him, is like Arizona State in there or something? Because I wondered why he asked. It's just a big thing. Everyone talks about it when it comes to bracket season. It's it's like one of the biggest times of the Mm -hmm. year for any sport. And that's why we're doing the sports movie bracket in honor of March Madness, even though our bracket's going to take a lot longer. Mm -hmm. um, Still. It's great. Go play yeah. our bracket. No, I just, I just thought that was funny. I just said, uh, I'm not really into basketball, but if you want to talk about football, I can talk to you about football. More people that vote, the better answers we get, because there's been some questionable and close calls so far. With Because uh, I think we're averaging about 10 people that vote, which is a good amount. Um, but Am wow. I supposed to be writing down like what I won every week, or are you keeping track of that? What you won? Yeah, like the movies that I chose? No, so what happens, everyone votes, and whichever movie gets the most vote wins and goes on to the next thing. I have a oh, whole bracket. Okay, okay. It's a little bit easier when you can see it. And that's why I said if movies tie, then we use the Rotten Tomato um, okay. as a tiebreaker. So in this, I was thinking it was like fantasy football. No, where no. I had to keep track of No, no, my everyone shit. votes. And like I okay. said, it's it's a little bit easier when I put... That's why I, tr- I started writing out the bracket tonight so people could see it, so they can kind of see where we're at now and see what the matchup's coming up. Um, but I fucked up my bracket. It's hard to write out a bracket of 72. So go check that out. Don't forget, follow us on Twitter at Potable Pictures and uh, email us, potablepictureshow at gmail.com. This week, we have our friends, the Faria Project, playing us out with their song, Stronghold. Keep it wet, everybody. Stronghold on your dick.
like in a hole. Good night. That doesn't make any sense at all. Were you from the movie? You have your dick in a hole. You know, he's going to shake his hand. Never mind. Anyway, stronghold. That's a strong shake you got there, sir. That's an Alice in Chains song. Okay. Well, that's my parody of an Alice in Chains song. Good night. You know, I don't have the song on here. That's why. Oh. I just, I just <laughs> added it in later. <laughs> I'm like waiting. <laughs> <laughs>